You're listening to The Jewish Truth Bomb with Lenny Goldberg. Hi, everybody. This is Lenny Goldberg. Thanks for listening. Tonight is Yom Zikaron Memorial Day, where we remember the Jewish heroes who died on Kiddush Hashem. We remember the Jews who were murdered by Arabs in our land. And there's more and more of those as we've become sitting ducks for these Arab beasts. Families being destroyed. One time two brothers, another time two sisters. It's like every day is a Yom Zikaron around here. And adding to the tragedy is the Jewish reaction to all this and how we relate to these victims of terror. It's pretty hard to take. We eulogize our dead, the murder victims, Jews murdered by Arabs in the Holy Land. And we cry and we say Kaddish and we talk about how we miss them, how they were such wonderful people. That's what we're going to hear tonight on Yom Zikaron, as if they were killed in a car accident. But they didn't die in a car accident or from cancer. They were murdered by a specific enemy for the specific reason that they're Jews. And yet, when you listen to the eulogies and to what is said on Yom Zikaron on Memorial Day and interviews with the family and the loved ones, you don't see any calls for vengeance. You don't see any anger. What do you hear? They celebrate death. We celebrate life. Maybe we'll establish another settlement. No, no, no calls for vengeance. Nothing about the Chimel Hashem. And somehow that makes us better, right? We're deader, but we're better. But it doesn't make us better. It just shows how sick we are. Because all we do is cry and talk how we missed our loved ones. If the murder of those two little boys in Ramot or the two brothers from Har Bracha, or the two sisters and their mother from the D family, if that doesn't cause outrage and anger and cause for vengeance, then nothing will. Do we really think it's the Jewish way to just cry and reminisce about the deceased? And the rabbis who eulogize the murder victims, well, they may be very well versed in the Talmudic intricacies of how the bull gores the axe, but they're totally ignorant when it comes to the significance of when the Arab stabs and murders the Jew because of the long and awful exile, it just corrupted a large portion of the religious camp. And it reached a point where war and vengeance against the nations has disappeared from the agenda. Where were the calls for vengeance, at least when the blood was still warm? Where's the anger? All we talk about is rising up and continuing our routine. Oh, that's going to scare the enemy. That's going to prevent the next murder. That's going to prevent the next terrorist attack. What do we do after a murder? We call for the government to grant approval for the construction of additional homes. You don't build homes because Jews are murdered. One builds a home because that's what people do. Normal people, they build homes. That's not a punishment to people who murdered Jews. That's not a punishment to the Arabs. You think bloodthirsty Arabs are deterred by that? You think they sit around planning a terrorist attack and then they call it off because the Jews are going to establish another settlement or build another home? And when Jews say, we're going to continue our routine, we're going to go back to normal, proclaiming that killing our people, that's not going to deter the rest of us from going on living. You think that deters the Arabs? That the Arabs are saying, oh no, the Jews are drinking coffee and shopping again. Why should we bother killing more of them? You think that's what the Arab is thinking? When we say we're going to go back to our routine, the Arabs are laughing at us. If we really had Kvod Amet, if we really honored the dead, we would call for nekama, vengeance. Nekama, from the word lakum, to rise up. When we talk about rising up and continuing, the rising up should be nekama, lakum, kum, arise. That's how you honor the victims, by avenging their blood. That's Kvod Amet. Rabbi Leo D. from Efrat, who lost his wife and his two daughters to Arab murderers, he speaks about how wonderful it was this year that Passover 
Easter and the Arab Ramadan, it all fell on the same day. How, how unifying. And he was overjoyed that one of the people who received the organs of his wife, one of the five people who his wife donated organs to, was an Arab. That was so wonderful. He says he has no hatred for the murderers. He spoke of his Arab friends from the surrounding villages who offered consolation. Are we friggin' nuts? I mean, people live in La La Land, especially people from England and from Efrat. His praise of his Arab friends reminds me of a man who lived in Howard Beach. He was a former student of the Slabotka Yeshiva in Hebron during the late 1920s. And every year during the 1960s and 70s, he would write the same letter to the editor in the New York Jewish Press during the annual memorial date of the Hebron massacre in 1929. You know, in 1929, the Jews in Hebron were massacred by the Arabs. And in this letter, he recalls how he was saved from this massacre of the Jewish residents. Why? Because he was visiting Jerusalem at the time when the massacre occurred. He happened to be away that Shabbat. And when he later inquired about the details of the brutal rape and murders, he was shocked to find out that those same Arabs who the Jewish community was friendly with, they were the ones who led the killers into the Jewish homes. He recalled the actual names of those Arabs and mentioned how close and friendly they were previously with the Hebron Jewish community and how much these Arabs assisted their Jewish neighbors throughout the years. And the Jews considered them like family. And yet on the day of the massacre, the day of what they called the Long Knives, those family members who knew each home and where each person was inside those homes, they led those murderous mobs in their bloody rampage to slaughter the Jews. He has no hatred for the murderers of his family. God help us. King Solomon says there's a time for hate and a time for love. And if this isn't one of those times to hate, then what is? Vengeance, that's what a normal Jew aspires to. You know, the Jews of Ashkenaz, after suffering through the Crusades, they implemented a prayer that we say before Musaf and Shabbat, Avarachamim. And this is what it says, Father of compassion who dwells on high, remember the upright and the perfect ones of the holy congregation who gave their lives for the sanctification of your name, who were beloved and pleasant in their lifetime and in their death were not parted. They were quicker than eagles and stronger than lions to do their creator's will and their rock's desire. May God remember them for good with the other righteous of the world. Okay, let me stop here for a second. This prayer up to now is mentioning all those righteous Jews who died during the Crusades, asking that Hashem should remember them. And now listen to the rest. Listen to what we want God to do. May He before our eyes exact nikama, retribution for the spilled blood of His servants, as is written in the Torah of Moshe, the man of God. O nations, sing the praise of His people, for He will avenge the blood of His servants, and He will bring retribution upon His foes, and He will appease His land and His people. And it also says in the prophets, though I cleanse the enemy, their bloodshed, I will not cleanse when Hashem dwells in Zion. That is, there is no kapara, there's no atonement for the blood of a spilled Jew. Hashem can't cleanse it. As it says in the Holy Writings, why should the nation say, where is their God? That is, Hashem, don't let it be a chilul Hashem, where we keep getting killed and the goyim keep saying, where is their God? Let it be known among the nations. That is, how will your name be known among the nations? By taking revenge for your servants spilled blood. As it says, for the avenger of blood has remembered them. He has not forgotten the cry of the humble. And it says, he will judge the corpse-filled nations. That is, Hashem is going to make that nation a nation filled with corpses. Machatz Roshal Eretz Rabbah. 
he will crush their head. Along the river, he shall drink. And then he may proudly lift his head. So there you go. An entire prayer just on that. Hashem, bring the vengeance upon the nations who did this to us. That's what the Jews of Ashkenaz implemented in our prayers. That's a normal instinct. You want vengeance against your enemies. You don't love them back. I wonder if the Jews of Ephrat skip over this prayer on Shabbos. I don't know. So Yom Zikaron is upon us. And we're going to hear wonderful things about the victims. How beautiful they were. How wonderful they were. How we miss them. Everything's on a personal level. That's not the point here. They were murdered for being Jews. You know, when King David lamented over the death of Jews who were murdered by Philistines, the death of Saul and the Jewish army and Saul's sons, he didn't lament on a personal level. It was all on a national level. How did David eulogize Saul and Yonatan? His lamentation is in the first chapter in Shmuel Bet. Upon hearing that Saul and Yonatan and the Jewish army have been vanquished, in the war against the Philistines, he says the following. Vayomer, and he said, David says before he even begins, he says, to teach the children of Judea how to shoot, to teach them to shoot the bow. That's right. First of all, before we even begin, we don't want this to happen again. We want to avoid these eulogies. Jews have to learn how to shoot straight so we don't have another Chilol Hashem. That's how he opens the eulogy. To teach Yehuda how to shoot. And then he says, Hatsfi Yisrael, O gazelle of Israel, or O precious one of Israel, Al upon your heights lay the slain. How the mighty have fallen. The Tzvi Yisrael is probably talking about King Saul. And even though he was on the heights, Abamotav, he was on the high ground where he has a military advantage, he was still slain. How the mighty have fallen. Al Tagidu Bagat. Don't tell it in Gat. Don't proclaim it in the streets of Ashkelon. Lest the daughters of the Philistines be glad. Lest the daughters of the uncircumcised rejoice. He's saying don't publicize this because it's going to be a chilul Hashem. The Philistine women are going to sing and dance about it. They're going to give out candies in the streets. They're going to sing songs like the Arabs of Chawara. Don't let him know about it. It's going to be such a chilul Hashem. Hare Gilboa, mountains of Gilboa. The battle took place, of course, on Mount Gilboa. That's where, that's where Saul and Yonatan fell. Altal Val Mataralechem. May you have neither dew nor rain. May no showers fall on your terraced fields. And you know, if you look today at Mount Gilboa in the north, you'll see that parts of it look like they receive no rain. Let's go on. Why does David say that Mount Gilboa should receive no rain? Because that's the place where these mighty Jews fell. He continues, For there on Har Gilboa, the shield of the mighty was rejected. The shield of Saul no longer rubbed with oil. That is, in those days, they used to put oil on the shields so the swords would slide off. But it was like Saul's shield didn't have that oil because he fell in the war. So first off, David talks about King Saul. He's the Tzvi Israel. His shield was the shield of the mighty. Now, personally speaking, David and Saul, they don't even get along. But that doesn't matter here. It's not the personal aspect that's important. It's the national aspect that matters here. That the Jewish king fell. He represents something. His personal relationship with Saul, it's not important. We're looking big picture here. And the monarch of Israel has gone down. And that's a Chilul Hashem. 
He continues, Midam giborim, keshet yonatan, lo From the blood of the slain and from the flesh of the mighty, the bow of Yonatan did not turn back. The sword of Saul did not come up empty. That is, they kept fighting to the end. Saul and Yonatan, yeah, they went down, but they were firing back to the very end. Saul and Yonatan, Saul and Yonatan, beloved and pleasant in their lives, and in their death they did not part. They were swifter than eagles, and stronger than lions. But note Yisrael, El Shaul, Bichena, daughters of Israel, weep for Saul, because he took care of you, he clothed you in scarlet and finery. That is when he won those wars and he brought back the spoils, he adorned you with garments, with ornaments of gold. So David is saying, cry for Saul, appreciate him for what he did for you. So most of the song is about King Saul. And now and only now, when he's deep into the lamentation, he starts getting personal and he talks about his beloved friend Yonatan. And he says, How the mighty have fallen in battle. Yonatan lies slain on your heights. Sarli alecha, achi Yonatan. I grieve for you, Yonatan, my brother. You were very dear to me. Your love for me was wonderful, more wonderful than that of women. Again, only now, at the end of the lamentation, he gets personal about it. And he talks about his beloved friend, Yonatan. He doesn't open with it. That's not the message, though. How he misses Yonatan and Yonatan was a great guy. And he'll miss him. No, it's the Chilul Hashem. That's the point that these mighty Jews have fallen to the uncircumcised Philistines. That's the message. But what are we going to hear on Yom Zikaron? Everything's going to be personalized. It's a private matter. How this person was wonderful. Again, if they were killed in a car accident, we would say the same thing. So let's learn from King David how to mourn the dead and how to get our priorities down. And maybe right here, I want to mention my Bible classes, a little plug here. What I just read, of course, is from the book of Samuel. And if you want to hear more, I have a podcast on the Bible. Right now we're in the book of Samuel. And you can find me at Lenny Goldberg's Bible Classes. Lenny Goldberg's Bible Classes. You can Google that if you want to hear more. I want to bring now the words of Rabbi Meir Kahana back in 1989 after a horrendous terror attack that really shocked the nation. And it was hard to shock us then because we're getting terror attacks every day. But one day on Kfish Tel Aviv Yerushalayim on the Jerusalem Tel Aviv Road, an Arab took the steering wheel of a bus, the bus number 405, traveling from Tel Aviv to Jerusalem. He ran up to the driver, grabbed the steering wheel from the driver, and he turned it and plunged the bus off the road, off a cliff. The bus rolled into the area of Telstone, which is near Jerusalem, and tens of Jews were murdered on that day. And the next day, Rabbi Kahana had a rally in Jerusalem at the Mashbir, the big department store there. Of course, the place was filled because after every terror attack, everybody wants to see Kahana. He becomes relevant again. Then after a couple of weeks, the feeling fades and we forget about it. But the people were pumped up. Rabbi Kahana was pumped up and angry, very angry, as we're going to hear in this rally. And this rally, it wasn't your typical Rabbi Kahana rally. Like I said, the 405 bus tumbled into Telstone and Jews were murdered. It was a shocker. And the rabbi's going to say here in almost bitter frustration, that those who are responsible for these murders, who are they? They're the people who oppose him. Anybody who opposes him is basically leaving Arabs here to kill Jews. Let's hear what Rabbi Kahana says 
how a normal Jew reacts to the murder of Jews on a bus that was traveling from Tel Aviv to Jerusalem. He opens up, who murdered them? Jews who were killed, not in Shechem, not in Hebron, but on the Tel Aviv-Jerusalem road. Who murdered them? You think it was just one filthy Arab? Nope. Every Jew who from the time I've been warning and calling out and crying that the Arabs must go, any Jew who opposed that, they murdered them. From the 70s, I've been warning, I've been shouting it out, I've been calling out. There is no coexistence with them. There is no coexistence with a cancer. And the Arab is a cancer within us. And every Jew who said, that's not ethical. That's not humane. That's not nice. It's against Judaism. Every Jew like that. Any such Jew who said all those things, that it's not nice, it's against Judaism. Any such Jew, the blood of innocent Jews is on his head because he's a partner to those murders. That was Rabbi Kahana in 1989, after an Arab took the steering wheel and plunged that bus off the cliff into Telstone. Now you could say, wow, it sounds so harsh. Yeah, it's harsh, but understand that anything less than that, anything less than expulsion of this cancer, it guarantees the murder of Jews. Understand that. Before you say anything else, oh, it's not nice, it sounds so horrible. Well, if you say that and you think that way, like the rabbi said just now, you're a partner to the murder of Jews because you're leaving Arabs in this country to kill us. Okay, so on that sour note, I'm going to sign off now. I've depressed you enough. If you want to hear more of me, it's not always so depressing. You can listen to Lenny Goldberg's Bible classes. Like I mentioned, I have a podcast. It covers the entire Bible. We finished the book of Kings. We're inside the book of Shmuel. So look for me at Lenny Goldberg's Bible classes. That's it for today.